Welcome to another episode of Sports Psych. What's up, my psychos? Uh, Today we're going to take a look at NFL officiating and replays. And we're going to dive into some Toronto Raptors basketball with our undefeated Scrabble champion, Johnny, uh, who's going to talk to us about the Raptors' youth and should they trade away their $90 million threesome, break them up a little bit, or keep all three and make a run into the playoffs. And lastly, we'll end off with a little bit of fantasy focus, helping you guys make your push for your fantasy playoffs uh, with some streaming advice. So I want to start this episode first uh, by telling you guys a little bit of uh, a story. Uh, My company that I was working for had transferred me. I was living in Denver and they transferred me to San Francisco. So I packed up my stuff. I I jumped in my car and I started driving. And if you've ever made that drive from, you know, Colorado through Wyoming, you know that uh, how boring of a drive that can be and how quickly you want to get through there. So I was speeding a little bit, not going to lie. I think I had my cruise control set at about 90 and I think it was a 65 zone. So I get, uh, not surprisingly, I get pulled over. I see the cop in my rearview mirror and he gets out of his car and he's got this huge hat uh, just this massive kind of, you know, highway patrol hat with the strap strapped up tight up in front of his chin, not underneath his chin. The big, you know, those aviator shades on suit, like the mirrored ones. Uh, so you can picture this guy, big guy, like maybe 6'5", 250. And as he's walking towards the car, you notice he unbuckles his his gun. And I feel like he's pulled it out of his holster. I don't know. Maybe I was just a little bit scared that he did pull it out of the holster, but... Starts walking to the car. Son, do you know why I pulled you over? Uh, no, sir. I got you speeding. Oh, oh, that I'm I'm sorry, officer. Uh, I had my cruise control set at seventy. I know that's a couple miles over the speed limit, but uh, I, I do apologize. Seventy. I had you clocked at eighty-eight miles an hour. So, of course, me being me, I say eighty-eight miles an hour. Oh, I wish I had known. Uh, I wish I was driving a DeLorean. I could have gone back in time and driven by you slower. <laughs> he undoes his chin strap with a thud. Ha! And then buckles it back up again. At this point, I have no idea what to think. He pulls down his aviator shades so that I can see his eyes. And he says, that's just funny enough to get you out of a ticket. And sends me on my way ticket free. Now, what does that have to do with our first segment? Nothing really. Uh, But maybe if I'm reaching just because I really wanted an opportunity to tell that story. um, It's, hey, people make mistakes. And sometimes just got to live with it and roll with the punches. Which takes me into why we should address our NFL replays. And how we look at replays in that sport. Um... And just the speed in which that we look at the NFL replays, uh, I think the super slow motion is a bad thing. So in our next segment, that's what we're going to kick off with. So we'll talk in a minute. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. The NFL, the officiating in the NFL is driving me crazy. 
um, between the on-field officiating, the super slow motion frame by frame, 65 cameras, uh, trying to figure out if a fingertip touched the wide receiver first or did the wide receiver's toenail touch the defensive back first, pass interference that you can challenge but will never get overturned. It's, dri- it's driving me nuts. It is driving me crazy. I get it. I get it. After the Saints game last year in the playoffs, where there was a clear pass interference call, something had to be done. I get it. So am I brilliant or is everybody else just that dense? Because in my mind, I feel two things. One, have a team of on-field officials who are connected to a team of officials up in the booth, okay? And it could be the senior guys, the retired guys, the guys who can't run anymore, as long as their vision is perfect, okay? And they're up in up in the stand and they can constantly have communication openly. No flags needed. You wanna give a coach a red flag to challenge something? Great, give them one. Keep that the same, whatever. Let them challenge whatever the heck they wanna challenge. Give them one a quarter. But let the officials up in the booth, as the play's happening, as as the officials are putting the ball in place, as they're having that little conference where you know when multiple flags are thrown, have that those two or three officials in the replay booth, have them discussing it with the on-field officials. There's no need for the referee to go to the sideline and look at a crappy little iPad or into a TV or whatever the heck he's doing under that. Um, covered or to watch it let trust the replay officials up top and let them say hey this is what we saw this is you know this is the correct call okay based on what you guys threw as a flag and and the most important part not in slow motion i'm sorry if you can't catch the penalty in real time at full speed you know we hear a lot about bang bang plays if you can't figure it out in real time then it's not a penalty or the penalty stands, whatever the call was, because things happen that quick in the NFL. If it's blatant, egregious, clear, again, I use the Saints um, in the playoffs, or yeah, I think it was in the playoffs last year, where uh, he was clearly passing field where he hit him clearly before the ball got there, right? You could see that in real time. We didn't need to slow that down to know that was a penalty. I'm okay with that. Let's do that. Let's keep the game going. Let's keep the flow going, right? There's no need to slow down the game. It's, it's, you know, that's the beauty of sport is that it happens. It happens fast. It happens in real time. And there are people who make mistakes, make bad plays. There are people who make great plays, make bad calls. And, you know, that's the beauty of sport. So let's not take that away, right? Football is different than baseball. Baseball, I 100% agree with. You should have the replay booth. You know balls and strikes. Each umpire should not be allowed to have a separate strike zone. It should be uniform for everybody. That way the pitchers know, the batters know. Right? I'm tired of hearing, oh, this, this umpire keeps it really low and tight, his strike zone. Oh, this guy's strike zone is really high and wide. What? No, you have the technology where that could be done instantaneously and 100% correct, like in tennis, right? The line is the ball in or out, right? You can do that in baseball. You can do it in tennis. So do it. 
in football, it's different, right? There's holding on every play. So maybe we just allow holding. Why is it a penalty? Unless he tackles the defensive lineman to the ground, right? If he pulls on his jersey a little bit or twists him. Okay, that happens technically on every play. So let it happen, right? So how, how do I want to fix NFL officiating? We'll go back to the beginning. Have the replay booth officials be part of the on-field officiating team. No slow motion replays. Let it happen in real time and, and let the play go on. Let the play stand unless it's egregious and 100% so obvious to everyone to where a fan of that team would say, yeah, that was a penalty, right? If it's that clear, then okay, call it. On the line with us now, we have uh, our good friend John here to talk about Raptors basketball. So, John, I want your opinion on the uprising youth of the Toronto Raptors. So they have a couple guys, uh, Terrence Davis. Uh, obviously, we know Fred Van Vliet. Um, and and they're really – and uh, what's the other guy? Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher, Terrence Davis, Hollis Jefferson. Um, yeah, and they got and an OB Siakam. So they've been playing exceptionally well to start the season. Yeah, and with Kyle Lowry and and Serge Ibaka, obviously those guys are injured. Marcus Gasol's playing, but clearly not the same Marcus Gasol that we know. He's still drunk from all the championship. He's still hungover. <laughs> yeah, from, from all the from all the championships. I think this summer. So I don't think anybody anybody enjoyed that parade more than Marcus all. And I think it went right through the summer. Um, he almost fell off the bus. <laughs> uh, so He's having such a good time, you know? So the, so the Raptors have about $90 million, give or take. Yeah. Tied up in Kyle Lowry, Marcus all and Serge Ibaka. Yeah. So does the youth playing so well, make them expendable that, hey, let's trade those three guys for some future aspects or other young yeah. players? Or does it make the Raptors feel very confident about when those guys get back and healthy, the strength of their team going down the stretch and into the playoffs? Yeah, you know what? If you asked me this question two years ago, I would have said, I would have said cut Lowry, cut Ibaka. But um, I, I, I think with the mixture of youth and a little bit of uh, – the veterans uh, go further and, and rub off on the young guys. Cause I was thinking about this actually, because the Boston Celtics two years ago with Tatum and smart, the youth, when, um, when um, I, Irving went down and they went all the way to the uh, conference finals and they fell short. They fell short because of, I think the lack of youth to take them or lack of uh, veterans to take lack them to the better. next step. Lack of better. I don't know if it's a money issue. But do you think the, do you think Kyrie but do you think Kyrie worked as a hindrance? Like my argument is I don't think the Celtics that year, as an example, make it to the Eastern Conference with Kyrie, such a ball dominant guard, leading that team. I think his injury actually allowed those other guys to shine. To flourish, yeah. Yeah. Course. Do you think if that. Lowry and and hey, don't get me wrong. I love Lowry's game. I think he's a great teammate. I, you know, all that good stuff about Kyle. But do you think him and Serge take those minutes away from those young guys? Like Chris Boucher yeah. would not I, be playing if Serge Ibaka was healthy. 
I think I think they I think they might. I think it might because when Kyrie Irving uh, actually started the year last year with the Celtics, it kind of ruined the chemistry a little bit. But I feel Lowry Lowry's the big brother here, and I think he'll he'll take those guys under his wing. I think he's because I saw him two years ago. He was uh, he he was a guy, he got a little comfortable, but I think with with DeRozan, I don't think that relationship was healthy. But I think last year with Golden State, he said, "Hop on my back, and I'm going to take you there." So I think. I think Lauer would be a. I don't. Th- I don't think it'll be too soon to trade him right now. I think they still need him to to rub off on the younger guys. So I, I, that's what I. That's 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 my opinion. So you made a comment about um, Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan. Something being oh, wrong with their relationship. Is that what, what you mean by that? that? Yeah. So so what I think was, um, I think that relationship. For basketball, for, for basketball, basketball wise, wasn't healthy. It, they got too comfortable, and I think with with Kawhi Leonard coming in and uh, just being all business, I think that rubbed off on Lowry. And I like what Lowry did um, this year and said, you know, hop on my back and I'll take you there with that. I think it was Game Six, where he scored like 17 points in the first quarter, and uh, so I think so- I think that'll rub off. I think he's the bigger brother, and I think. I think the young guys need him still, and it's not. I don't think it's a cat. I don't think it's a money issue. I think they still know that they need him to to help the other okay. guys. Okay. So, right? so let me end. Let me end this. We're out of time, but let me end it okay. with this. With this last question. So, you got a hundred and twenty million dollars salary cap, ninety million dollars on three guys. You yeah. don't necessarily have to trade them all, but if an offer comes that gets you some young talent and draft picks for let's say two of the three maybe it's Serge and Gasol maybe it's Kyle and Serge do you take it who has the most value though who has out of Serge and who is it Serge and, and Kyle and Serge Lowry. Serge Gasol and I think Lowry Serge Gasol and Lowry I don't know if I'd say Lowry I'd say Lowry has the most value to a team Lowry has the most value yeah yeah so if you if you get rid of maybe Ibaka has a little bit more value than Gasol, I think because the yeah he's still yeah, a bit younger. Age. Yeah, so you have I, I still doubt. I still doubt. I still doubt Serge's age, but but that's another conversation, maybe for another day. Yeah, yeah. Still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm waiting oh. to see if you make a trade. So got- let me see. Let me see a team. Let me see a young team. So let's say a young team like the Timberwolves, who have some playoff aspirations come to you with a package of and listen they might not do this now because we've been playing great this year but with like a Wiggins and a Jeff Teague and a first round draft choice you move do you move Serge and, and Lowry to, to Minnesota yeah um I don't know no no you no. roll you roll with the team you roll with the team because uh, I like I like what Marcus all did in the in the playoffs. He brought that that veteran that veteran presence and um then when we and they, and and I think I mean I got I got Toronto finishing fourth this year, but I talked to a few people and they got him finishing and going to the like like uh, Kendrick Perkins said he's they're going to the finals and I don't know if Wiggins will help you with that at this time to, to, to take a next level. I think Marcus Lowry can do it again. That's my opinion. Hold on. Kendrick Perkins said the Raptors are going to the NBA final or the Eastern final? He said that he's going to the finals again because they wow. can do it. He said they can do wow. it again. All right. All right. Well, yeah. let's see how it goes down. John, man, I appreciate your time and uh, we'll Thanks have you back again on soon. I got a question for you. Yeah. Maybe for your next podcast. Yeah. Do you have... 
do you think Siakam has the ability to be better than Antetokounmpo? Ooh, I'll I'll start uh, better than. Uh, Dude, to have the, he's nowhere. To he's better. nowhere near. He's nowhere near as athletic of a freak. So I would say whoever develops a consistent three-point shot will right. be the long-term better player. And I think right now Siakam is by a hair a better shooter. But I think Giannis, I, I think Giannis is the better player. And I think yeah, let me go and say Giannis has it. Uh, just because right. once he develops a shot, right. that dude's unstoppable. And I think, I think Siakam's they, I think just... they have to uh, lower the rim for uh, Anthony Kumpo for his free throws, too. So. <laughs> they might have to do that for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk okay, to thanks, you later. Man. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right, thanks, So we want to end the show uh, with some fantasy advice. We get a lot of you hitting us up uh, on Twitter at AK Sport Psych uh, for fantasy advice. And we're always there for you. Feel free to follow us and send us any of your questions, who to start, who to trade. For those of you that are making a final push for your fantasy teams this um, this week, next week, as you're heading into the playoffs, give you a little uh, streaming advice if you need some help at quarterback. Our choice is Jeff Driscoll, available in most leagues, averaging 18 fantasy points a game, 44 yards rushing. So you're going to get some good stats from him, both on the ground and in the air this week. Uh, Running back position, sticking with the Detroit Lions, Bo Scarborough um, also has a pretty good matchup this week. There's not much out there. If you can get your hands on a Jonathan Williams, obviously, uh, he's already played this week. Uh, Earlier in the week, we had suggested... Jacoby Brissett, he gave us about 13 points, so so pretty good for, for a filler um, from Jacoby Brissett. We also had recommended Will Fuller. He's already played, so if you need wide receiver help, looking uh, James Washington from Pittsburgh uh, with Juju Smith-Schuster out for the game and possibly Deontay Johnson out. Um, James Washington has good rapport with Mason Rudolph. Hopefully the little bounce back game for those two hooking up could help you out. Uh, on the tight end side of things, Hollister, um, J- Jacob Hollister from, from Seattle. Uh, we also like uh, Ryan Griffin from the New York Jets. Um, and if you're really in a desperate bind on some defenses, I know tight ends are probably the toughest one, but on defense, uh, look at the Lions matchup with the Redskins and the Raiders with the Jets. Um, if you're really, really desperate, the Browns and Dolphins, I think, you know that's the that's always the easy one to pick on the pick on the dolphins but not my first choice this week so again if you have any other questions want some more deeper analysis on your fantasy team we actually do look at basketball and football please hit us up again at twitter ak sports psych at ak sports psych and uh thanks for joining us mm-hmm.